Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I'm here to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy and become the CEO of your health. Hey, one more thing. I want to share something that I've been consistently using for my energy levels for the past nine months. See, as a new mama, I'm always looking out for the most effective and easy ways to boost my energy, especially my mental energy. Now, this year, I added Organifi's green juice to my morning routine, and I cannot tell you, it has been a game changer. Their organic green juice is made with 11 superfoods literally intended to jumpstart your morning and the rest of your day. Now, this is the first thing I do in the morning with 16 ounces of water, and it literally takes about 30 seconds to make, and then I sip on it before breakfast. My body feels extra hydrated, and I know that my gut and liver are primed for the day. Now, since I've been drinking this incredible green juice for the last several months, I have noticed that I'm more focused and more productive all day long, and I'm not experiencing energy slumps after 4 p.m. Plus, it is so easy to travel on the go. Now, luckily, Organifi has given me an awesome promo code to use and share with you so that you can add it to your morning routine as well for more added energy and brain power. So use the promo code Dr. Marisa, D-R-M-A-R-I-Z-A, and you're going to get 15% off of your order, and you're going to go to Organifi.com slash Dr. Marisa. That is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash Dr. Marisa. I will have the link for Organifi.com slash Dr. Marisa in the show notes for this episode, along with the promo code. You are definitely going to want to try it today. Now, let's jump on in. Progesterone is one of those hormones that you can take for granted until she is low or gone entirely. Now, if you're experiencing low or no progesterone levels, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Now, I can speak from personal experience. Having low progesterone levels really, really stinks. Because the number one thing I always notice when my progesterone levels are going downhill is my mood. Talk about crabby, irritable, mood swings, all of it, especially three to four days leading up to my period when my progesterone levels are supposed to be robust, but they're not. And that's the thing about progesterone. It's a stress protective hormone among many other things. When progesterone is robust, you have more stress resilience and more heart rate variability which allows for you to just let things roll off your back. The world just feels better when progesterone is in the house. Yet, it's one of the most common hormonal imbalances that I see in labs over and over and over again. Literally, a best friend just sent me her labs, her Dutch labs, two days ago, and sure enough, progesterone was in the crapper, and estrogen was extra crazy high. I see this all the time. Now, low progesterone is caused by chronic stress, nutrient deficiencies, estrogen dominance, and most importantly, it happens because you don't ovulate. Without ovulation, you cannot make progesterone. So let me quickly explain how the cycle works and why ovulation is key to making progesterone in that second half of your cycle known as the luteal phase. Progesterone is released by the corpus luteum. This is a follicle that's emptied out when the egg is released during ovulation. Now, ovulation, which is what I like to call the main event for your menstrual cycle, typically occurs between day 13 and 16 of your cycle. It just really depends on the length of your cycle. Every single one of us is unique. A normal cycle can range anywhere from 24 to 33 days. Now, in a nutshell, maintaining a healthy corpus luteum 
is the only way to make progesterone. In order to maintain robust progesterone levels, you also need to have a healthy luteal phase during the cycle, right? It's one thing to have a healthy corpus luteum that's releasing progesterone, making that progesterone, but also we need to make sure that our menstrual cycle overall is healthy in order to maintain those robust levels. And that's oftentimes what is going on is that our menstrual cycle is off, especially that luteal phase of our cycle, and that's where we start to see diminished progesterone levels. We see none if you're not having ovulation. So let's talk a little bit about that. Now, the luteal phase, as I mentioned earlier, is the second phase of your cycle leading up to your period. It normally takes place from day 15 to 28 days, if you have a 28-day cycle, right? As I talked about earlier, your cycle can range from 24 to 33 days. It's just that second half of the cycle. Now, if you're wondering why progesterone is only released after ovulation, here's why. Progesterone is one of the most important hormones needed to sustain a healthy pregnancy. And it name says it all, progestation. Progesterone works to mature the uterine lining, recycling the uterus for a potential pregnancy. Progesterone is also considered a pregnancy hormone for that reason. And progesterone has many other benefits outside of maintaining a healthy pregnancy. Hence the mood support and the stress resilience, right? All of those things. Here is what progesterone can do for us. Ample progesterone levels lessen PMS symptoms and lessen periods, so no heavy, painful, ugh, yucky periods that are just the worst, right? I've had those for many years. It also reduces inflammation, supports happy neurotransmitters, hence the mood support, calms the brain, regulates immune system function, supports healthy thyroid levels, brain, bone, breast, and most importantly, it keeps estrogen, which I always call the queen bee, in check. We've got to have these two queens working together in order to keep everything balanced because when estrogen is unchecked, leads to unopposed estrogen and that leads to a slew of problems because estrogen is a growth hormone through and through. Now that you know some of those important benefits, how do you begin to uncover if you have low progesterone? Well, the first thing to look at is your cycle, especially in the luteal phase, because that's when progesterone is maintained. So when you create it, and then you're maintaining it throughout that cycle. So you can detect your luteal phase by tracking your basal body temperature, which is measured under the tongue with the thermometer first thing in the morning before you get out of bed. I just get in the habit of doing that. I typically get out of bed and then measure up to you how you want to do it. This is typically around day 14 to 18 of your cycle if your cycle is normal. Now, progesterone increases resting temperature by about 0.5 to 0.3 Celsius, 0.5 Fahrenheit. So during the second part of your cycle in the luteal phase, your temperature will raise slightly, you'll get slightly elevated for an average of 10 to 14 days followed by your period and by bleeding. So just a heads up, like the second you ovulate, your temperature is going to rise. It's one of the ways we track ovulation too, is like we see that slight increase. We know we're ovulating and heading into the luteal phase. So if your temperature goes up, but you don't get a period 10 to 14 days later, then you are likely pregnant, right? Because that progesterone is continuing to elevate, driving the temperature rise and potentially driving a pregnancy as well. Finally, if your temperature doesn't go up at the start of the luteal cycle around day 14, 18, then that was an ovulatory cycle, meaning you did not ovulate and you did not make any progesterone that month. And ovulatory cycles can result in estrogen dominance, again, unopposed estrogen, hormonal imbalance, severe PMS symptoms, and infertility. So something to definitely know about, especially if you're trying to get pregnant, this is going to be so, so critical. 
But most importantly, if you need to know or want to know what's going on with your cycle, it's always important to track it, especially that second part of that cycle as well. Now, I do plan on doing a deep dive on estrogen dominance next Friday, October 29th. So stay tuned a week from now to learn about the most common hormonal imbalance that I see in women, especially even in menopause, but especially in perimenopause. Like that's where estrogen dominance rears its ugly head. It's usually in our 30s and our 40s, but we still see it in menopause because there's a lot of excess um, exogenous estrogens, meaning outside estrogens coming into the body, even when our body's not making estrogen anymore, which is super scary. So now that I've shared some of the concerns around having no progesterone during the luteal cycle, here's some signs and symptoms of low progesterone to look out for. Now let's start with the signs when it comes to tracking your period. If you're tracking your menstrual cycle, which I highly, highly, highly recommend, if you have a cycle, track it. There's so many apps for this. Two that I love are Kendara and Flow. So here's what you look out for if you are tracking your cycle. One, as I mentioned earlier, low temperatures in the luteal phase because progesterone again, raises that body temperature, but if there's no progesterone, then we know there's gonna be no change in body temperature. Also be looking at a short luteal phase or no luteal phase. A healthy luteal phase should be around 11 days. However, if it's much shorter, then we know that we've got a progesterone concern. And then spotting during the luteal phase because progesterone helps to hold that uterine lining together So no spotting should actually occur. And that's because progesterone is that maintaining the uterine lining to get pregnancy hormone. So we would not expect spotting in this part of the cycle. Now, when it comes to symptoms, this is probably gonna be the easier thing to look for. Here are some of the biggest symptoms to look out for. Irregular menstrual cycles, so long cycles, irregular cycles, short luteal phase, as I mentioned earlier. If the time from ovulation to your period is less than 10 days, that's a short luteal phase a diagnosis of polycystic ovarian syndrome, menstrual cramping, spotting mid-cycle before your full period flows, and then clearly, you know, PMS symptoms that are really severe leading up to your menstrual flow. Next, depression, anxiety, and mood swings. <clears throat> this would be me. <laughs> mood swings, ooh, ooh, goodness. I always thought it was because I was Latina, but <laughs> no, it was low progesterone levels. So with so many women, this definitely happens when we start to shift in estrogen. We see that estrogen dominance and we start to see a decline in progesterone or definitely a just much more estrogen than progesterone. We can drive some of these symptoms as well. Um, Actually, after the age of 30, most of us experience a drop in progesterone to some degree. And since it's partly responsible for stabilizing mood, one of the first signs of a lowered level of progesterone is a shift in mood, especially during that PMS phase, that five days prior to when you start your period. So just something to look out for. This was a tall tale sign for me. And I just didn't know it. Like so many of us are like, oh, you just have mood swings. But no, it's probably a sign of low progesterone. Low libido, fatigue, and brain fog. Many women in their 30s and 40s begin to experience an energy, sex drive, and mental shift with a drop in progesterone. Sluggish metabolism, unexplained weight gain, belly fat, and sugar cravings. With all the rise in diabetes across North America, most people blame sugar and insulin for sluggish metabolism and belly fat, which is true, but we gotta be looking, as we look into perimenopause, there's some critical hormones like progesterone and estrogen that could contribute to that. So when progesterone drops, it can actually slow down our ability to burn fat. I did say that progesterone was a stress-supportive hormone, but it also, it blocks our ability to burn fat. So I always like to focus on the positives of what progesterone does, but just note that as we move through perimenopause and menopause, 
two of our major protector hormones, progesterone and estrogen, we begin to lose. And if we already had metabolic dysfunction, which 80% of us do, the wheels just kind of fall off. That's why we really start to see metabolic driven chronic conditions like stubborn weight gain, belly fat, cancer, autoimmune conditions, cardiovascular disease, increased cholesterol. I mean, all those types of things that start to happen. We start to see as we get older, when we lose those protective hormones, things just kind of get worse if we don't have that metabolic flexibility. And I have a ton of other episodes on this show. I have Dr. Sarah Godfrey coming up literally on Tuesday to talk about this on the 22nd about metabolic flexibility and why it's so, so important. So stay tuned both for next week, one for Tuesday's episode with Dr. Sarah Godfrey and then with me as I dive deeper into the issues around estrogen dominance and what we can do about that. All right, number three. This was a big one for me as well, migraines. I've always had migraines, but ooh, when my progesterone levels were low and my estrogen was out of control, migraines were it. So migraines, headaches, also joint pain and allergy symptoms. This is due to having basically a mast cell response, you know, kind of an allergic response. This happens a lot with low progesterone and increased estrogen levels. So just something to be thinking about. It's a histamine reaction. So this is especially the case when you have estrogen unopposed right before your period, you're experiencing migraines or headaches before or right when your period stops. And that's because, again, we've got that significantly low progesterone and we've got that unopposed estrogen. Number four, acne, brittle nails, and cracked, dried skin. If you're suffering from adult onset acne, your nails are looking just bad, cracked, splitting, peeling. The skin of your heels are cracking. You might have low progesterone or low thyroid issues, which again, all interconnected, always worth running a thyroid panel at least once a year. And number five, infertility. This is the thing that modern medicine will look at the most. If you're seeing signs of infertility, you're not able to get pregnant, they'll start to look at these things. As I mentioned earlier, progesterone is one of the primary hormones involved in achieving and maintaining a healthy pregnancy. So if you're trying to get pregnant and you're having difficulties to conceive or you've suffered a miscarriage, it's worth having progesterone levels checked and a great doctor will do so because they may be low. And I will be sharing how to check your progesterone levels in just a moment because a lot of doctors don't know how to do it. They don't know how to do it the right way. And so you end up not getting the right results so that you can make a great educated decision about what to do next. So I'm going to get into that. So as I list off the most common symptoms of low progesterone, I want to know, did any of these ring a bell for you? Or did more than one ring a bell for you? I know for me, I was like, oh, yep, had that one, had that one, had that one. Oh, the struggle was real. And I have a feeling that the struggle could be real for you. Now, honestly, most women, as I mentioned earlier, that I talked to are experiencing low levels of progesterone definitely in their 30s and 40s. That's because it's naturally happening. Plus the advent of all the stress that we're dealing with, just everything else on top of it, we just see lower numbers quicker. But also because of all the stress from the pandemic, we're starting to see low progesterone levels at younger ages, like women in their 20s. Sometimes this is driven by estrogen dominance, sometimes stress, sometimes even insulin resistance, sometimes all three, right? We got to look at those root causes. So as I mentioned, I told you I was going to share the best way to test for progesterone deficiency. Number one is to track your cycle and your basal body temperature daily. This is going to give you a great, great sense of what is going on with you. As for testing progesterone levels, my go-to recommendation is the Dutch test. What I love about this test is it looks at all of your hormones and their metabolites, which gives you a much clearer picture at the root cause of the problem. 
The optimal range of progesterone is greater than eight nanograms per milliliter or 25 nanomoles per liter. When it comes to actually testing progesterone, there's a very small window when progesterone is at its highest, which is about halfway through the luteal phase, halfway through that 11 days that I talked about earlier. In other words, it's when you are five to seven days after ovulation and five to seven days before your period. So if your cycle is regular, you're running a 28 to 29 day optimal cycle, as all the textbooks say, the day you test is between day 21 and 22 of your cycle, approximately seven days before your period, six or seven days before your period. However, if your cycle is shorter or longer than 28 days, it's important to know so that you know the right time to actually measure progesterone. So for example, if you're running a 22-day cycle, you're going to be testing progesterone on approximately day 15. If you're running a 30-day cycle, you're going to be testing on day 23. And if you're running a 35-day cycle, you're going to be testing it on day 28. Very, very different than what is considered the standard 28-day cycle on day 21 or 22. So again, the only way you'll know is if you are measuring and you're tracking your cycle. I say three months solid information. You're running the basal temperature so that you know when you're ovulating and you know when the start of that luteal phase is. And then you just count those days down to your period, the day of your first day of your period, the first day of your menstrual cycle. And then that'll give you that sense. And yes, things change. I know that when I have a really crazy stressful month, the next month, ooh, I will see it. I will see that things have shifted. So just note, that's why I recommend 90 days of info, three months of info, so that you get a baseline of what's going on with you. The other really important thing to note when it comes to testing progesterone levels is don't try to test if you are on hormonal birth control pills or on a hormonal IUD type of birth control pill like the Marina right? Because hormonal birth control suppresses ovulation and progesterone. That's the point. You're not supposed to get pregnant when you're on hormonal birth control. That's the reason why people are supposed to be taking hormonal birth control, not for all the other reasons, right? But I want you to know that your period is not a real period on hormonal birth control. And that period bleed, it ain't real either. It's not a real bleed. Super, super important to note this. So if doctors are trying to test your progesterone levels when you're on hormonal birth control, I swear to goodness, I have the biggest proverbial eye roll right now because that makes no sense to me whatsoever. And I, ooh, that is a major red flag <laughs> for me. I don't even gonna get into it. I just a whole nother topic. I don't even wanna get on my soapbox right now about that, but it just, ooh, it lights me up. Now, if you're trying to conceive, give yourself several months off of the pill just a heads up, you don't just bounce back from the pill. It takes a minute. And I'll tell you what, if you're coming off the pill because you were put on it for a symptom and you never address that root cause, I'm not gonna lie, it's gonna be painful for a minute because those symptoms are gonna come back with a vengeance. And your body had become, in a way, addicted to those hormones, those synthetic progestins and estrogens. And so just a heads up, I just wanna let you know that it's gonna take several months to come back online. It could even be up to a year. For me, when I finally came off of birth control when I was early 20s, it took a year to get my cycle back on track. So just a heads up. And again, you've gotta wait and wait and wait. That the only way you know is you have your period and then you can start tracking again to see when you're ovulating. Now that you know what signs to look out for and how to test accurately for progesterone, I wanna share what you can do to get your progesterone levels back up. Now my recommendations may not surprise you because again, a lot of this is healthy living as you can imagine. But first things first, ooh, this is a big one. We've got to get the stress response system under control. 
Have you ever noticed after having a really crazy stressful month, my hand is raised full up into the air, your period comes on with a vengeance. That's stress. <laughs> that is chronic stress, having a massive impact on ovulation and your progesterone levels, right? No doubt. Here's the thing. If you are in constant stress, 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 go, 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 rushing women mode, your body's going to be like stranger danger. It is not safe to have a baby in this environment. And all your reproductive system just responds to that. So just a heads up, stress has got to get under control. This is probably one of the biggest triggers for me when I had low progesterone levels is I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off. I was like a Tasmanian devil with some sexy lip gloss. <laughs> So here's the kicker. Lower progesterone levels, as I mentioned earlier, also equals less resilience. It's like this crazy catch-22. Progesterone is a stress protective hormone. So the less that we have, the more stress we're going to feel. But then stress causes low progesterone. Like I said, it's this yucky, yucky spiral that we can get into. I was definitely in that spiral. I mean, my progesterone levels were like at menopausal level. That's how bad it was. And that's why my PMS symptoms were so, so crazy. If you're having crazy, crazy PMS symptoms, we got to be looking at this. All of a sudden, you can go from feeling okay to feeling overwhelmed and triggered and irritated in a matter of like 24 hours heading to your period. Now, one of the biggest reasons I see high levels of anxiety, mood disorders, and depression in women in perimenopause is that lack of progesterone to help maintain that what we consider to be emotional, like kind of baseline resilience. It's like someone just pulled the rug out from all of us when we hit that place, if we haven't done some of the self-care and protective ways to support. And I'm gonna get into that right now. Number two, second recommendation is to love your liver and your gut. I cannot emphasize this enough. I do so many episodes on this. Protect your liver, feed your gut. This is why I created my 14-day detox to help reduce inflammation, heal insulin resistance, and optimize your gut and liver function. All of this contributes to a healthy reproductive system. So, so critical. And so many other side benefits to doing these two things as well, loving your liver and gut. Brain health, cardiovascular health, antibodies if you have an autoimmune condition. I mean, the, the winds go on and on and on. The next critical piece to increasing progesterone naturally is through supplementation. If you want to get that progesterone up and up quickly, we've got to bring in some nutrients and herbs to address the underlying deficiencies and to help move progesterone along. So no surprise, progesterone needs specific minerals, cofactors, and vitamins to function, and even just to be made in the body. Not to mention ovulation, right? Ovulation needs all of this. Ovulation is one of the most energy driven activities that your body does every single month if you are still in childbearing mode right you're still ovulating it is exhausting for the system to do this i mean the amount of mitochondria needed to drive ovulation is more in that part of the body than any other part of the body just to kind of speak into this is it we are the creators of life that requires massive energy expenditure right if you've been pregnant that first trimester no joke right? It requires some level of that energy on ovulation as well every single month. On top of that, there are specific herbs and superfoods that can get your cycle back on track and help to boost your progesterone levels in the second half of your cycle. So I want to get into these top five. I know that's what the topic of this episode is all about. 
and I want you to think about considering incorporating these. Now, four of the five that I'm gonna be talking about today, which are major game changers, are in my proprietary hormone balance supplement, which I will tell you works miracles, not only for myself, but hundreds and hundreds of women who take it on a monthly basis. Hence, I have a hard time keeping it in stock. Thank God it's in stock right now because this, so many of us rely on this to really maintain a healthy menstrual cycle and just keep everything very robust. Now, the first herb I cannot wait to showcase in this top five is probably my favorite, hands down. She's the queen bee of reproductive herbs in when it comes to helping to support us, it's chaseberry, or also known as Vitex. Chaseberry is an herb that has been used in traditional medicine, most particularly for women's health and menstrual issues. Other names include Vitex. It comes from a shrub-like tree native to the Mediterranean and Central Asia. Chaseberry is also used to treat a variety of different conditions such as PMS, infertility, acne, and more. It is an ideal herb to balance female hormones. It works by decreasing levels of prolactin, which in turn balance out estrogen and progesterone. Due to the effect of chaseberry on the pituitary gland, increasing the release of luteinizing hormone, this promoting ovulation and raising progesterone levels is the result. That's why chaseberry is another one of those herbs to increase progesterone. I just love this so much. And it takes about 60 to 90 days to really take into effect. And if you haven't seen the benefits of it, it just may not be for you. But I would say this is like the game changer herb right here. Next is black cohosh. This herb is very famous for its use in perimenopause and menopause, especially for decreasing mood swings, night sweats, hot flashes, and PMS symptoms. I personally find it a great option when it's used in conjunction with other herbs in this formula, my women's hormone balance formula, especially as women are going through perimenopause and menopause. Overshadowed by its attention for menopausal relief, this herb is also great for PMS, period cramping, and irregular periods. That's why I think it's such a great complement to chaseberry and a couple of these other ones. Ashwagandha, major player. Here, ashwagandha is one of those herbs that increases progesterone naturally. Found in the Middle East, it's scientifically proven to have many health benefits, including properties such as anti-inflammatory, neuroprotective, adaptogenic, memory-enhancing, and sleep-inducing. It's also phenomenal for stress resilience. Additional studies have been shown it has phenomenal effects on stress levels. Ashwagandha can decrease the stress response system in the body. This is the mechanism for why ashwagandha is great to increase progesterone because it decreases cortisol secretion, right? We know that there's that inverse relationship there. That's why I love ashwagandha and rhodiola and holy basil. All three of those are phenomenal. It's just depending on which one works best for you. Next, broccoli seeds and broccoli seed extract. Now, I know this is not an herb, but it is a superfood, and oh my goodness, it is bringing the business. So cruciferous vegetables, which we just literally ate some a while ago. I ate some broccoli. Kingston was eating broccoli too. Our little baby boy is obsessed with broccoli and cauliflower. I just love it. <laughs> and broccoli sprouts come packed with a compound known as sulforane. This is a very unique compound that helps us basically break down excess estrogen in phase two liver detoxification. This is extremely important because this pathway is the last part of the removal process for excess estrogen detoxification products and harmful compounds. Sulfulforane will also flush the excess estrogen out of the body by activating the phase two liver detoxification system that I mentioned earlier. 
It can also improve how receptive estrogen receptors are to estrogen in the body. So big, big fan of broccoli sprouts. There is 10 to 100 times more sulforane in broccoli sprouts than you find in adult broccoli. So eating just one or two servings a week can help boost your levels. Broccoli sprouts have also immune boosting features. It can help support your respiratory, cardiovascular, and skeletal systems. Also, it can help fight infections and protect the brain. The sulforane in broccoli sprouts is able to do this via epigenetics. Epigenetics is a relatively new science that studies how you can make genetic changes through diet and lifestyle changes literally now. Sulforane directly influences our DNA function and it can boost our disease fighting capacities, especially around cancer and especially women's hormone driven cancers like breast cancer. So that is the 411 on broccoli sprouts and cruciferous vegetables. As I mentioned, broccoli sprouts are incredible, definitely worth getting your hands on. And number five, evening primrose oil. So evening primrose oil comes from a plant in native North America. It is also grown in Europe too. It's one of the herbs to increase progesterone. Evening primrose oil has omega-3s and omega-6 fatty acids, which are types of healthy fats because they are unsaturated. This is the one and only food that contains optimal amounts of both omega-3 and 6s. Due to this, the healthy fat composition in primrose oil is the main mechanism for how it increases progesterone naturally. It has been found to be very beneficial in managing PMS symptoms, which are tied to low progesterone levels as we talked about today. And this is why evening primrose oil is an herb that I would highly recommend to increase progesterone. Now, when it comes to helping your body make more progesterone, especially when you are feeling super low, make sure that you're taking adequate amounts of zinc, activated B vitamins, omegas, magnesium, and iron, right? These are super critical everyday nutrients that you need. These essential nutrients help to build and support healthy progesterone levels in our body. Now, if you know that your progesterone levels are low or that you have more estrogen than progesterone, you can absolutely use supplementation to help you restore your levels and create more balance between progesterone and estrogen. Because I've seen so many women with low progesterone levels over the years and elevated estrogen levels, I have formulated an effective women's hormone supplement that specifically addresses low progesterone and estrogen dominance. It contains methylated B vitamins, magnesium, calcium glucurate. It also has effective herbs that I mentioned earlier, berry, black cohosh, it has broccoli seed extract, along with so many other wonderful herbs that are designed to promote a healthy luteal cycle. Now, I absolutely love, love this supplement blend and has been a lifesaver again for me and hundreds of women taking it right now. So I'll have the link in the show notes for this episode for Hormone Balance. If you have not tried it, ooh, it is worth trying at least for 60 days. See how your body responds. I'm telling you, it is the game changer. Equally important to address any root cause inflammatory issues such as dairy sensitivity, gluten sensitivity, liver issues, leaky gut, thyroid disease, insulin resistance. Clearly addressing some of those major chronic concerns will help to support your reproductive cycle. This will allow your cycle to get back on track and definitely help to bolster progesterone levels. We know that when we have underlying issues, it creates hormone chaos, especially with our reproductive system. Everything will affect our reproductive system. That's why our menstrual cycle is a fifth vital sign. If something's going wrong there, then something's happening inside of the body. Now, if all else fails, 
I do recommend a natural progesterone serum, especially during perimenopause and menopause. It's easily an over-the-counter topical 2% natural progesterone has continued to work for women in perimenopause for decades. I recommend 20 milligrams. That is gonna be one mil applied to the hands, thighs, stomach area, wherever you prefer, inner arms, once or twice per day to provide relief from annoying symptoms and help restore progesterone levels. This was a game changer for me when I was trying to get pregnant. This is especially helpful for women trying to conceive or who've had previous miscarriages. If you are looking for an effective natural progesterone serum, definitely check out my Progest Restore in the Essentially Whole supplement store. This is a serum, it's effective, it works quickly. My mama's on it, my sister's on it. I'm not on it right now, but I have been on it before. I think it's our third best-selling product right now because man, it moves the needle. Now, I know that this episode had a lot to unpack because guess what? Hormones, that can be complicated. We just focused on one hormone today, right? And what's going on with it. So it may be worth going back to listen to this episode again. Now, if you're interested in diving deeper into correcting underlying nutrient deficiencies for hormone imbalances, I do have the perfect bonus guide for you today. I've compiled the most important herbs, vitamins, minerals in my top 11 hormone supplement guide. We did cover five of them today, but I have more in the guide as well. And this will be in the show notes for episode 313. Not only that, but I will have hormone balance, I will have progesterone store in the show notes. And if you are looking to have a sexy, energetic morning routine, go and check out Organifi as well. That'll also be in the show notes. Lots of fun things going on today in this episode, but I wanna make sure that you are resourced to make these big changes because my goodness, living a life with robust progesterone levels is the best life, (laughs) let me tell you. Thank you so much for listening today on the Essentially You podcast. This show is all about providing tools to rock your hormones and feel amazing in your body. If there is someone in your life that needs to hear this today, take a moment, screenshot this episode and send it on over to them or better yet, definitely share it on social, tag me up. When you share it also, definitely use hashtag hormone literacy or hormone CEO. Coming up next Tuesday, as I mentioned earlier in the show, is Dr. Sarah Gottfried. We're gonna be talking about why so many women struggle with stubborn weight and the benefits of keto for hormone health. We're gonna be talking about her new, new book, Women, Food, and Hormones. It's phenomenal. I definitely recommend you getting your hands on it, but please tune in to Tuesday's interview. We're gonna have a really great time.